Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. Entrepreneurs, oftentimes they are self-employed, right? They want to do their trade, but they also don't want to maybe build a big business, right? So if, if they're just a sole practitioner, then absolutely they have to go into that with the intention that they're setting up all of those things that an employer would do for them. This is Jennifer Longworth, and today's Thoughtful Entrepreneur is Julia Carlson, founder and CEO of Financial Freedom Wealth Management Group, LLC. Julia works to help others by inspiring them to follow a plan that strives to create growth and pursue financial freedom. In 2017, she wrote Fit Money, Seven Steps to Get Your Financial Life in Shape. Julia is a health enthusiast and lives in Oregon, where she balances being an entrepreneur with being a mom to three amazing kids. So welcome to the show, Julia. Thanks for having me. How did you get into the world of finance and being a fit money doctor, as your Twitter handle implies? (laughs) Yes. Well, growing up, I was raised with no taboos around money, actually. My, can you believe it? <laughs> That's crazy talk. What do you mean? I have, a, I have a healthy money mindset. And I realize now in my 40s what a gift that was. And so my parents had a healthy relationship. They talk about money. They did not give power to money. But it was just a tool. And my grandpa Actually, I remember going to his house uh, and in the summer, I would go and spend a couple weeks with them and he would watch the news channel with the stocks ticker symbols on the bottom. And I would be like, what is this? And he would teach me about stocks. And it always just kind of resonated with me in high school. I loved business classes. So I say, number one, I'm an entrepreneur, but then I'm an entrepreneur in finance. And so the two kind of married each other and... I think I, I went to work for a bank. I got all of my licenses. They gave me a great foundation. But then at the age of 23, I started my own financial services company. So were you an entrepreneur before that? I mean, what you say in high school, the business kind of clicked and you really liked it. Did you have, as a child, entrepreneurial escapades or whatever? Did you try anything before that? Oh, heck yeah, man. <laughs> I, I had a babysitting club. I, my brother and I mowed all the lawns in our neighborhood. We had lemonade stands. So we were always very entrepreneurial spirited and, you know, did things like that. Do you think that your parents conveying the value of like the true value of money, not that it rules the world or whatever, but is a tool, is that what instilled the desire to do the babysitting club and this stuff? Or was that you guys just needed money and wanted to figure out a way to get it? I think we we definitely were like we were we grew up middle class. We did sports, we took the annual vacation. I think that it was more of I'm thinking of my brother and I were the ones that really were were doing this and it was more about having fun and being creative and yeah, making money was really cool. We thought, "Oh, wow, we can go do this," but it was more about the fun of creating it, I think first. So now you have your own business that you've been at for quite a while now. 
What was it that made you go, hey, you know what? I want to do this on my own and have my own business instead of working for someone else. I live in a pretty small rural area. And so at the age of 22, probably, when I was at the bank, I had been working in the investment department for about three, four years. And I was like, I'm ready to, I want to help people. I want to be the advisor. I was all licensed. I was ready. And I went to my boss and I said, hey, I'm ready to do this. And they said, well, until that advisor retires, we don't have any opportunity for you. So there at 23, I hit the glass ceiling, if you will, and thought, all right, well, the only way I can do my dream and and become a financial advisor is to go out on my own. So at 23, you're going out on your own, you're starting your business. Were you shocked at what is involved in doing a business? Did you have a plan or you just say, hey, let's go do this? Well, I pretty much jumped in with both feet. And at that point, I did not have a big plan, no, but I I actually was married at 19. And so my husband had a steady career and good income. So thankfully, I was able to kind of jump in. And in the beginning, obviously, it's your commission only, right? You're working as hard as you'll ever work to get that foundation um, laid. And so that's what I did. I remember pounding the pavement and going and talking to people and cold calling and all of that stuff that it takes to get a business started. And that your business is called Financial Freedom Wealth Management Group. So where did that name come from? Actually, in the beginning, it was called Carlson Financial Group after my last name. And I discovered probably about let's see, I started in around 2000. So I think about a little like 10 years into it. I discovered, wow, this is getting way bigger than me. And it's kept in it's catching on. And everyone seemed to always want to uh, meet with the person that was the name of the company. <laughs> right. And the other concept is this concept of financial freedom. I love what that means. I love helping define that with my clients and what that means to them because it means different things to each of us. And the joy comes when you actually can find out what that financial freedom means to you and then have a plan in place to, you know, carry out those actions. So have you worked with people who are in the, what they call the FIRE movement with the financial independence retire early? Do you find that type of people or just people who are planning to retire and just want control of their money? Or what type of person do you see on a regular basis? Yeah. And I would say it's it's all aspects. Uh, for me, probably my average client is in their 50s. And so they're just thinking about, okay, how do, how do we put all these pieces together? We've been really good savers, but now how do we start thinking about a successful retirement and what does that look like? And then I can put all the pieces together to see how that's going to happen. But I would say on the other side of that, I also work with entrepreneurs to figure out Number one, how do they stay in control of their finances while running a business, as well as how do we build wealth outside of your business? Because oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we put everything we have into our business, right? Right. And, yeah. And it's really important uh, every step of the way to make sure that you're paying yourself first, putting money aside saving for retirement, you know, building and doing all of those things that is important to create a strong financial future. 
And when you're working for a company, they take care of a lot of these things for you. You can add a 401k and they match it and they take care of your taxes and this and this and they pay you. And then as an entrepreneur or self-employed, it's like, okay, well, I got to set this aside for taxes. And if I want to save anything, it's up to me. And so it's a little more of a struggle. Have you found that as an entrepreneur yourself and with the people you work with? Absolutely. Yes. And entrepreneurs, oftentimes they are just self-employed, right? They want to do their trade, but they also don't want to maybe build a big business, right? So if, if they're just a sole practitioner, then absolutely they have to go into that with the intention that they're setting up all of those things that an employer would do for them. And oftentimes that gets lost in the back burner. And they don't start thinking about that until retirement is right there on the horizon. It's like, oh, no, I missed yeah, that. What? what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's not, a, it's not something that happens overnight. You know, some of, some of my work is in exit planning, which is for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And when people, when I say exit planning, they think, oh, my goodness, I'm exiting now. I don't need an exit plan. Well, I would say, you know, everyone going into business needs an exit plan. Right. And the most successful entrepreneurs have an exit plan that they're always thinking about. Now, you are the author of the book, Fit Money. So tell us a little bit about Fit Money. What does that even mean? And how do I get fit with my money? And are you a fit person? I'm not always a fit person, but. Yeah, I'm pretty fit. But let me tell you the background. Okay. So after after I had my three kids, I I actually I had my first baby of my business, right? And then I had my three kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my health had kind of taken a backseat. So I thought, all right, I, I need to make health my priority. Um, I, it's okay if I don't grow my business and I, I'm just going to make this a priority and then pick up the pieces later. And what I decided to do was actually compete in a bodybuilding competition. Oh, so cool. that's committed, right? Yeah. Like, I'm committed once I make that decision. And so I hired a trader. I gave it about a year. I lost all the weight. I got in the best shape of my life. I showed up on stage in a itsy bitsy bikini. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I actually continued to compete for about five years. And what I discovered are the same skills that I needed to get in the ba- best shape of my life, desire, determination, discipline, mindset, all of those things were the same skills that people need to get in the best financial shape of their life. And so after I was done competing, I really wanted to kind of share my journey and create this little non-intimidating book uh, called Fit Money. And the idea is that the steps that I took to get in the best shape of my life, I'm relating those now to money and teaching someone how to get in the best financial shape. Well, that makes sense. Are you going to competitions about this? (laughs) <laughs> no more competing. <laughs> Lined up at FinCon's like, all right, let's see who's the best. And, yeah. Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens. Now, you mentioned you have three kids after your your business as your first baby. How do you manage that? Having three kids and running a successful business and having a book and speaking and all the other fun stuff you're doing. So I, I, I always like, I think about that question because I get it a lot and I, and my answer is how do I not do it? Right. So it's, it didn't happen overnight and I have, how I do it is I have 
a huge team behind me. So I have an amazing um, supportive husband. I have a nanny. I have my team at my work and my career. They, they've got my back. They're amazing, self-managing. Like we've built really good systems around our business that they support me, right? And so I think with all those things, uh, I'm able to, I don't want to say balance, but I'm integrated well. Oh, I like right? that. I like that. Yeah. So my kids know, okay, mom's mom's pretty hectic this time, but this vacation or this time, this is happening. This is happening on the weekend. So there's always something that they have to look forward to. And they're a part of that journey. How old are they now? They are uh, 15, 11, and 9. Okay, great age to yeah. understand this. So have you been able to pass down this positive view of money to your children, do you think, that you got from your parents? Yeah, we have fun with it. And it's, it's funny because <laughs> I remember my son getting some money for his birthday. And my husband said, hey, you should give that to mom so she can invest it. And my, <laughs> and my daughter says, don't give mom the money. You'll never see it again. Oh, no, you'll, <laughs> you'll see it again. It'll just be 10 times bigger next time you see it. See? <laughs> yeah. So we had to go through. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that she would catch on to that. Right. And then I'm like, tell me why you think that. Uh -huh. And so we're constantly talking about money and we're very open. And we talk about like, I actually give them parts of the budget to manage each month. Very cool. And they're old enough to, to do this so that hopefully training them up young, they'll get to be the ones teaching their friends and they'll be the ones being successful in the future where they're, you know, not getting their credit card on the street corner in college like I did. Oops. You know, they're not going to fall exactly. for that stuff because they're going to be smart and they're going to yeah. have a fit money mind as well. That's right. Uh, yeah. At least once a year, I bring all of my oldest daughter, we've done it with her and all of her friends and they come into the office and we talk personal finance for a good couple hours and we have fun with it. Yeah. Wow. If you can talk personal finance for a couple hours and have fun with it with teenagers, you must be doing something right, Julia. You <laughs> well, have a I special just love gift. What I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <awesome>. you. <laughs> so in thinking about being fit and with our money, what is the first step we need to take to get there? I mean, you talked about as the bodybuilding, well, you hired a trainer. Is that where mm -hmm. we start with our money too? Well, I think it starts before that. I think it's that desire to the intention of, I do want to make changes in my money, or I do want to get in the best financial shape. And so oftentimes if a coach comes around, the teacher will appear when the student is ready, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? So that person, that individual has to be ready to take on that challenge. Because if they're not ready, when they hear the word budget, they're going to be running out of the room. <laughs> right. True. True. So like with, with the physical fitness, you had to want to go to the gym and want to get a trainer before. I mean, if a trainer just showed up and like, hey, how's it going? Let's work out. And you'd be like, no, no. I don't think so. Okay. Exactly. So you have to want it before you can can move any further. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. That's always the, the yeah, having that saying enough's enough. I want to do this. I want to make the changes. Then I can work with them to say, okay, why do we want to make these changes? What's going to drive you? What's going to keep you out of the stores or out of the shopping or determined to stay on your plan? So you have to get what we call leverage on yourself, right? You have to understand what is that desire that is going to keep you accountable, 
What have you seen has been the breaking point, if you will, for people who go, okay, now I'm ready. What was it? What, is there something that has happened? Or they go, you know, Eureka, there's no oat bran, it's Rice Krispies. Is, is there something that kind of <laughs> triggers it? Yeah, a, cu- a couple. So uh, number one would be debt, right? So they're completely overwhelmed in uh, debt that they feel like they need to go bankrupt or they don't know exactly what to do, right? They're overwhelmed. And so that is a a trigger. I also think that time, right? If they have, if they're coming up closer, getting older, retirement, kids are going off to college, that's also a triggering event to say, all right, I got to get all this together and see where I'm at. So that's another kind of triggering point. Um, Also, uh, being married kind of like it, that has a sense of I got to grow up and have some responsibility. So I've seen that to where people really want to get on track when they merge two lives. So that is also another one. Yeah. I, well, my husband and I, the thing was, okay, you pay off your credit card before we get married. And I was uh, the one who had a, good one. had a little bit of the credit card debt because as I alluded to earlier, they got me on the street corner in college. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You'll give me a free t-shirt if I sign up for your card. Let's do it. Right. So going into the marriage it was like, no, you pay that off before we get in the marriage. And there we go. Yeah. And, and you say an, a, a good point. It's like, if you're not equipped with that information early on, and then you go off into the world, it is so easy to get pressured into saying yes. Yeah, my niece w- was just telling me she went shopping with a girlfriend and she was at Victoria's Secret and at the checkout, they're like, hey, you want to sign up for this credit card? And her resp- I said, well, what did you say? She said, I told her that I would do it the next time I'm in the store. I'm like, really? You said that? <laughs> Repeat after me. No, I do <laughs> not want a credit card. No, I do not want a credit card. Like, they, she's concerned about hurting this person's feelings. And I'm like, this this will wreck your whole financial life. You do not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know how to use it, just just don't. Exactly. I mean, some of us have figured out how to leverage credit cards and their bonuses and stuff. And there's tricks about that. But we always pay it For off sure. every month. And there's a little bit of discipline that has to come into play with that. As well. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm for that, right? If someone mm-hmm. can live in that disciplined way and, and reap the benefits of that, then great. Right. But what I find is that someone that's already in credit card debt, they can't do that in that moment, right? They have to get on a cash basis, get out of credit card debt, get a foundation, and then they can think about doing that if they feel like that's right for them. Right. So going back to the, the thoughtful entrepreneur who is listening, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, I would say I probably spent the first 10 years of my career being all things to all people. (laughs) How'd that work out for you? (laughs) Yeah, right. A lot of frustrations, right? And so the now the more authentically that I can show up and be me, whether that be on social media, in my office, wherever I'm at, the more I'm me, the more that that is attracting the right person that wants to work with me. Yeah. And that is what I would say to me, you know, 20 years ago, just, just be you. But oftentimes I feel like we're out to prove something or, you know, have success and we're going to do all things for all people where it, in the end, that's not going to work. So be you, be your true self and focus on what you do best. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Even as the band merchandise mom, which is the world I'm living in right now, I'm trying to order things <laughs> that everyone wants. And it's like, this is not even working because then I'm going to go in debt as a band store manager and that would be bad. <laughs> you just have to pick something and run with it and just focus, which is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that finding that niche, whatever you're the best at, right? That's what you're going to enjoy, who you're going to enjoy working with. Like, and I always thought that that was going to cut off, you know, ev everyone else. And really what it does is it opens up that opportunity to talk more genuinely to who, who needs to learn from you. Julie, if people want to reach out to you and connect and learn a little bit more about what you're doing, what is the best way for them to find you? They can find my business at financialfreedomwmg.com. And then I also have a personal website, juliammcarlson.com to just more about me personally. And then I'm all over social media. So just Google Julia Carlson. Thank you so much for joining me, Julia. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.